I finally learned the correct way to say Satya's name. And I might have just said it wrong. Do you think you said it wrong, Scott? Uh, I'm talking about Satya Rhodes Conway, candidate for Madison mayor, taking on mayor for life, Paul Soglin. So she came this week for an editorial board meeting. We're inviting 30-some candidates for mostly local office to meet with us before we issue our editorial board endorsements. Satya was the first person to come in for us. She was eager, I guess. And before the meeting between her and our editorial board started down here on Madison's south side, I went down and got her in the lobby. And we're coming up in the elevator. And I said, so I've I've heard your name pronounced two different ways. I said, is your name two syllables? Satya. Sat, yeah, or three. Sat, e, ya, satya. And she said it's a little bit in between. It, it, she it's said two and a half syllables. <laughs> well, no, she said it is two, but that e is still there. Satya. Yeah, so it's like sat, yeah, satya, satya, satya. Not see when I said it, it you sounded say it like wrong. Th- All right, well, let's hear her say it. I'm Sati Rose Conway. I'm Sati Rose Conway. I'm Sati Rose Conway. It is too. I'm surprised you guys took the elevator because isn't that just adding to the carbon footprint of our society? <laughs> Probably, but I don't think it was her decision. You know, she's not familiar with the building. I just always bring people to the elevator out of, you know, professionalism. Because stairs are good, are, are good for the environment and good for our bodies. Scott. That's a good point. Next uh, time, use the very stairs. Very unprogressive of me and Satya. But we're going to talk about our meeting with Satya this this week on uh, today's Center Stage podcast. With Milford in Hands, the State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milfred, the editorial page editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the State Journal editorial board. The better looking half. <laughs> So Satya, Satya, now you got to be thinking about her name every time I say it. Satya. Satya came in. Care if I recorded? No, go right ahead. So thanks for coming in. Of course. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And I was going to start off with a question that's been in my head for a while, which is, we know Soglin, what it's like having Paul as mayor. Yes. <laughs> we know that really well. Yep. And sometimes we like it and sometimes we don't, which is probably a common experience. But I'm just kind of wondering, so if you're mayor, what's different? Either right away or over time or? I mean, I think any number of things. Um, and there's a lot of levels on which I can answer that question. So let me take a stab at a few of them yeah, right briefly. Um, one thing that's different is uh, the, the set of priorities. I think. Um, she has four key priority areas. We should just lay those out first of all, right? So the n- number one area. Yeah, and unlike former governor of Texas, Rick Perry, when she, she could, said, I've got four, she actually remembered all four of them. She remembered all four of them and could talk about all of them. She didn't say oops. I don't think she said oops at all. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah, I will say I was more impressed with her than I thought I would be. She's an impressive person. Yeah, she is an impressive person. She knows her stuff. Um, I don't agree with everything. She, she, uh, I don't agree with all yeah. of her ideas, but I think she has some pretty strong ones. So her four areas that she wanted to focus on, affordable housing. You know, certainly the city has been working on housing, but 
We've really only been using one tool, and there's a lot bigger toolbox. And then uh, better transportation, uh, specifically bus rapid transit. Yeah. Uh, I like that one. The urgency around rapid transit, I think, changes uh, what you've... What you hear from Paul is, um, uh, we can't get it done, you know, we, need, we have to get something from the state or from the federal government, like it's not going to happen until something else, you know, somebody else moves. And um, I, I just don't accept that. I think that we have to have a sense of urgency around it. Dealing with climate change and the ramifications uh-huh. of it. The current administration, and I would argue even the, the, the last mayor as well, so under Dave, we have not been taking climate change seriously. There hasn't been mayoral leadership on that. Um, certainly not on the the resilience side of things and, and dealing with the impacts. And uh, and then equi- racial equity in the city. I'm just really mindful of this because I just met this morning with the folks from the Foundation for Black Women's Health. And the mayor has been saying publicly and in forums that um, you know, we don't really have a racial equity problem like we did before. And I mean, I think that's just patently not true. You, like, you can't see that in the data. But also, when I sit around the table with six black women professionals whose job it is to understand the racial disparities, and they mm-hmm. tell me that it's worse than it's ever been, um, like, who are you going to believe there, right? So actually acknowledging that we continue to have a problem, that there's still work to do on, around racial equity, uh, I think would be a difference. She said she's more collaborative than the current mayor. Oh, my goodness. Well, you couldn't be less collaborative than the current (laughs) mayor, could you? I have a much more collaborative leadership style than the mayor does. Um, For example, I would like to actually have a functional relationship with the council and with the county executive. Um, And not just that, but also with the school district and with surrounding municipalities. None of the problems we face are exclusive to Madison. They're all regional issues. We have to be working regionally to solve them, and that requires good relationships. It doesn't mean that we all have to like each other or agree, but it means that we have to be able to talk to each other and work together. Um, and I think that would be a big difference. You sort of wonder with Paul Soglin how many it, how much better things would be if, if Paul Soglin had a good relationship with the school board, the police department, and Joe Parisi in particular, the Dane County Executive. Yeah, you know, there's the obvious demographic differences. Um, you know, Paul and I are of different generations. We're of different genders. <laughs> you know, we have different sexual orientations. I mean, you know, there's just a lot of demographic differences there, which are certainly not um, a reason to vote for one person or another, but they they do inform how you see the world and how you govern and how you think. Um, so that would be a change as well. So those are her four key areas. And she says that the city, it's not that the city hasn't been doing anything on those, but she says that it hasn't been doing enough. And she's got a laser-like focus on those four issues. As we were discussing these things, I kind of have in the back of my mind that, okay, she's the more left-wing, more progressive candidate in the race for mayor. She is. Again, not that Paul Soglin is really conservative, (laughs) not that he's moderate. I mean, he is a progressive, Yeah, but he's more of, I'd probably say it, more of a traditional liberal as opposed to a 
modern, modern Madison progressive. Madison progressive. And so she said a few things that made me pleased and made me think that she's not one of the wide-eyed, dreamy, progressive. I will say, she does not have a goatee and a ponytail. A lot of times I think of Madison progressives as kind of nimbies, you know, sort of like the... Not in my backyard development. And Madison's uh, all for density, but not if it's by my house. We're all for affordable housing, not if it's by my house. We all want to uh, welcome others, but don't put those others by my, you know, on and on. And we can't do a development without at least a gazillion neighborhood meetings about it first. She talked about how we need a yes in my backyard movement. Well, there's this dichotomy between the need for affordable housing. Madison needs to build more units, but every time somebody tries to build more units of housing in the city... The neighborhoods invariably get in the way and say, no, no, we're not going to put that here. And when you said, well, is part of the way of making more affordable housing streamlining development? In other words, if you have a a slew of hoops and meeting after meeting and delay, when you finally get something built, it was way more expensive to build. And now housing costs are high. You asked, does part of the answer mean streamlining development? And she said, that's absolutely part of it. Yeah. Now, the idea that... <laughs> that a Madison, that a super yeah. lefty progressive is going to say, no, we need to make things easier for developers is is incongruent with what our, with what our, our thoughts are about progressives, right? It is. I mean, yeah. It's, and maybe she's not as... It's pretty progressive for a progressive. What we need in Madison is a, a yes in my backyard movement, um, like you see in other cities. And, uh, and we also need to understand that density needs to be context sensitive. So we're not going to build 15-story buildings everywhere. Right, uh, but we are going to build them some places, uh, and other places the most density that we're going to build is you know garage conversions or backyard cottages, right? So it, I think there's a spectrum there, and there's a continuum of density that's appropriate in different places. But I do think that we need more density across the city in just about every neighborhood. What that looks like is different in different places, um, but we can't grow in the way that we're going to grow and that, frankly, I think we need to grow as a city if we can't build more housing. And so we have to make it easier uh, to do that, and we have to make sure that the housing that we're building um, is actually, you know, workforce housing. Is part, is part of that streamlining the development process so that it's it's less expensive for developers to come with plans yeah. and, get, and get approved for a project? Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely part of it. Um, I think we do a really poor job right now as a city of being clear about what we want out of development in certain places and then making it really easy to do that, right? So our plans and our zoning and our TIF and, like, aren't aligned, right? We're not – we're sending mixed messages. We need to be sending a really clear message about what we want. When the topic was the public market that uh, the mayor's pushing, she – said that she wanted to make sure we weren't going to pay for the operations of it. Yeah. So she's trying to be more of a careful spender there, which normally I don't think of far-left progressives as. And she also hit on, uh, she thought we're spending too much on the JDS project downtown, which of course we are because <laughs> we had to pay that developer a cash lump sum. But then also she mentioned the Garver feed mill. Yes. 
Uh, which, you know, we can't do everything. And she didn't think that was a priority. And and I was impressed by that because the Garver Feed Mill, as cool as it is, the old building, there were reports like a decade ago saying that is so falling apart, it's not worth fixing. Yeah. Now they are fixing it. It turns out you can fix anything if you pour enough money into it. But, you know, she's saying we can't afford everything. And she used that as an example of something the city shouldn't Prioritize that's sort of a niche thing that's going to do like urban farming and stuff that progressives love. Yeah. You know. But she was thinking, you know, that's not the priority of the city. One of the things that she mentioned that I've always thought was one of the biggest issues with Madison is that people in Madison love these walkable neighborhoods. We all want to live in walkable neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're, re- they're getting really expensive to build affordable housing you know, on Willie Street or on Johnson Street or Monroe Street. So figuring out how to develop other parts of the city into walkable neighborhoods was one of her priorities. Mm-hmm. And that seemed like a really, really positive. I've never heard anybody talk about that at the city level, but how do we get other areas activated the same way that Willie Street, Johnson Street, and Monroe Street are? I thought that was really important. Another thing, and this kind of gets to the streamlining, she brought up the Urban Design Committee and said, God I don't want to— God bless wanna... them. Right. She said, <laughs> she just wrote, God bless them. She for... did bless them. Uh, with God's grace. But then uh, she also said that she, I don't want to fight over the color of the brick. Yeah, I thought that was a good quote. So I'm glad she's not concerned about color pollution <laughs> in Madison. Bless the Urban Design Committee and their commitment um, and the hours and hours that they spend. But I don't want to fight over the color of the brick, right? I don't want to fight over which brush bush goes where in the parking lot. I want to fight over... Is it workforce affordable housing, right? Is it sustainable construction? Is it transit oriented, right? Those are the things that we should be prioritizing. Um, And if we can get those community benefits out of development, then it ought to be easy to do that development. She also had a really bad idea, which was, I asked her what was the most effective way to build affordable housing, and she said inclusionary zoning, which is illegal in the state of Wisconsin. And she she acknowledged that. She said, "We, we don't have that in our toolbox anymore. But uh, the problem with inclusionary zoning is that while there are some units that become more affordable, it really jacks up the prices of all the other units in the market, too. So it's sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, I was happy, though, to see that she didn't want to somehow bring that back. Litigate it back into existence. Yeah. My complaint with IZ back in the day, inclusionary zoning, is they would government would bend over backwards to force developers to put, quote-unquote, affordable units in their buildings and then you'd wind up with a quarter million dollar condo, which was quote unquote affordable. And yet you got single family homes that you can buy for a lot less than that in a few neighborhoods in Madison. On, yeah. the, on the east side, my neighborhood in the east side, in the north side, I asked her specifically, are we a racist city? To which she said yes. Maybe changing gears. Yeah. Uh, is Madison a racist city? Yeah. America's a racist country. Yeah. Your, your opponent at the one debate said, we are not a racist city. So you guys disagree on yeah, that. I, yeah, we absolutely disagree. And, you know, and that's not to say that um, every individual person in Madison is overtly racist, but it's to acknowledge that structural and institutional racism is a problem in Madison and has been for probably centuries and will continue to be going forward. Um, and that it's our responsibility as a city and it's the responsibility of city government to push back on that and do the best we can to keep racial equity 
front and center and think about what it what the impacts of structural and institutional racism are on our community. Paul Soglin got up at a mayoral yeah. forum and said, Madison is not a racist city. Right. We struggle with issues of racism. She said, Madison is a racist city. But then she sort of said, but we really mostly just struggle with issues of racism. <laughs> yeah, it, it, right. It's a, it's a matter of emphasis than specifics, I think. Sort of related to that, we brought up the police issue. She's not a fan of body cameras on police. She also sounded like she's not much of a fan of police officers in school, at least not ideally. Yeah. She'd rather have, she'd like to try to get elders in the community who have the respect of kids into schools. Do kids really respect their elders ever? I don't know. I'm not sure how that works or plays out. I mean, I guess you can say, oh, ideally we wouldn't have police officers in school, but we have one in each high school. I mean, ideally we wouldn't have police. Ideally we would never have crime and people would never, we we would (laughs) never have danger. And we wouldn't need police officers. That's an ideally th- that's ideally yeah. we wouldn't need that, right? Right, but uh, but we do. But generally, she seems more skeptical about officers in schools. Which, yeah, which I didn't like. But no, I don't like that either. Every candidate we're having coming in from Madison is saying they want more equity. And hey, it's it's a very real and stark issue when you look at the data. Whether it's more black uh, young people not graduating from high school, higher percentage of black people being sent to jail or test scores, income income disparities. But a lot of these candidates aren't specific about what are you going to do about that other than talking about it. She had some some specifics like encouraging more African-American entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, finding ways the city can support small business owners that are African-American to 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 provide especially black people in our community cultural activities, you know, like, you know. Bars, mm-hmm. you know, bars that cater towards African American clientele, or yeah. or music venues that cater to African American clientele, you know, those things I think would help with our with our disparity issues. I can imagine for a black guy, for a black person in Madison, it's tough if you're always the only black person in the room. You know, that's got to just be weird. You know, I remember being in Detroit, and occasionally I would be the only white person in the room. And you, you just sort of you're very aware of your race at that moment. Yeah, although a lot of the issues that people are talking about is with young people, and if you go to our schools, white students are not a majority. A they're ma- a plurality, it, but they're a, not a majority. It's right. It's a minority majority right now. Um, so I don't know that that's an issue in the schools necessarily, but certainly having a more diverse staff in the schools would help. I mean, I get frustrated with this conversation about equity in Madison because, you know, the high-minded lefties in Madison who were predominantly white rejected Kaleem Kerr's charter school, which was really going to cater to the culture of African-American students. And, and certain teacher and, and old teacher union hiring rules really made it hard for young black teachers to move into our district for a long time, too. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there are some specific things I think we can do, and I'm certainly going to be listening for specifics on that issue as we have more and more candidates in. Yeah. Uh, other things about Satya, I like that she... Uh, was open to making State Street a mall, she talked, taking the buses off of State talked, Street. We've endorsed that I in the past. She, I thought she had some really good points about downtown, um, trying to get a good mix of businesses in there. And, uh, you know, 
not picking some of the silly fights that Soglin's picked, like the liquor license fights and the sign fights. That's just silly. Cafes. Oh yeah, he's, the outdoor. He's the outdoor cafes. I don't understand. I've never understood that position. Why? Like, why are we opposed to people sitting outside and adding vibrancy to our street life? Well, I mean, some of it is if you're in a wheelchair. You want to be able to go down the sidewalk, too. If you take the buses off, there's plenty of room for all of that. I, I had sort of an overarching sort of impression from the meeting, which was that there was some stuff, like I think on housing, on transportation, on taking care of downtown. I think Sacha's going to move. She has some really good ideas, and she's going to move faster and with more urgency than Paul Soglin's going to. Paul Soglin's had a long time to fix a lot of these problems, and he hasn't done much. There's other stuff where I'm worried that she's going to just sort of fall into the traps of progressive Madison and not deal with some issues. You know, like, she didn't talk much about crime. There are people in the city who feel like crime is becoming a real issue, especially the the young juveniles, you know, stealing cars and stuff like that. She didn't really mention that, and that doesn't seem like an important thing to her. And the 800-some students who are leaving our school district each year, she seems more concerned about what do the the handful of minority students who don't like the cops think that that's eight, really important, but 800-some families leaving the district every year, that's not taking up a lot of her time. No. Now, she's not the school board superintendent. She would be the mayor. But, but that's a big issue related to whether we keep the cops in the schools, too. And it's a big issue involving our quality of life. I mean, one of the reasons that I like Madison is because I send my kids to the public schools here. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it's, it's really cool to have a vibrant city that has a strong public school system. And if the school system slips and, and becomes – parents don't feel safe sending their kids to the public school system – that's bad for the city. She did show more pragmatism than I thought. I don't usually put the words pragmatism and progressive together. A pragmatic progressive. Yeah, but for example, on that JDS development, which she doesn't like. She hates. She did say at one point, you know, well, we were kind of like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to just try to put the kibosh on it, stop it? Well, no, she's not going to do that. She said, we're kind of stuck now. And then she sort of wanted to make the most of it, and she said, hopefully we get the hotel yeah. with it. I mean, I thought progressives were supposed to be against all hotels. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I come back to is, like, if the homeless start camping out in the city hall again, is Satya going to kick them off city hall? I mean, Sogland took a lot of flack for doing that, but we can't have that in our city. That's not, that's not how, how cities work. And, and so is she going to stand up and do that kind of stuff? Well, I would Is get, she going to tell the progressives you've gone too far? She seems like a very friendly but direct person. Like she, she had to know some of these issues are pet issues of ours, like cameras on officers. And she was just pretty direct and clear with us that she disagreed with us on that point. Mm-hmm. She wasn't going to massage her position just to try to – Please us. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I liked her style a lot. And, you know, style is probably going to be part of the decision for voters, too. You still haven't drawn Satya recently in our cartoon, but she seemed to remember that you had done one of her eons ago. Oh, when, and, she, was and back, when she was back on the city council. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that one. I don't remember what it was about, but she was one of a typical liberal city council person saying something silly and liberal, <laughs> you know, about something. I just had like six city council people all saying something ridiculously liberal about something, and she was one of them. 
but she did say she looks forward to being in your cartoons in the future. Oh, it'll be fun. <laughs> All of the music on our podcast is by Tube Tester. Find and follow Center Stage with Milford and Hands on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. To listen to past episodes, go to go.madison.com slash center stage. Do you think Paul's been in the job too long? I mean, you should ask him because he said he has been in for long enough uh, and it was time for him to step down, Uh, you know. I do think it's time for change. I don't know if there's an, the right number of years for anyone to be in public service. I don't, you know, just gonna, it's not for me to say. Was, how many years could you imagine yourself being mayor? You know, I am not thinking about the election four years from now. Um, and I'm not thinking about a number of years. I'm thinking about a list of things that need to get done. Um, and I'm not, you know, if I am... If I'm the next mayor of Madison, I don't start thinking about the election on day one. I start thinking about how much can we get done in four years and how hard can I push to get more done and let the chips fall, you know.